Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're as friends seeking to discover Christ in everything from the banal to the sublime. And this is Fools Fools for for Christ. Christ. Welcome to the show. It is, it's been a little while since the two of us were on together for a new episode. So we are glad to be back recording and we've got a, a really fun topic for today. We do. But before we get into that, um, it's been a while since we've talked about our New Year's resolutions. You're right. That was our very first podcast. So I wanted to check in with you. How is your dissertation coming? It's coming along very well. So I have one of five chapters written. That's and completed. awesome. Yeah. And I actually know what all the rest of the chapters are going to be about. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Now I just have to write them, which is the hard part. Um, but it's coming along very, very well. How about yours? How's your book? It's fantastic. Um, I had a little bit of a setback. So uh, I was writing. I had a really good weekend of writing and I ended up saving it incorrectly on whatever cloud kind of thing I have that I've been using. And I lost 15,000 words. 15,000. If the microphone could record, could re- rather could if the microphone could record the sound my face is making in, in like horror, I, I'm so sorry, Kimmy. That's awful. So it was just a little bit of a setback. It was really, it was really hard to go back to writing. Yeah. After that, because it was like, well, I've just lost all this great stuff that I wrote. Um, but now I get to make it better. There you go, yeah. So. So you walked downstairs and, and picked your computer up off the ground after you threw it out the window? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I still, I'm still working hard and I'm, I'm at, I think I'm back up to 55,000. Um, and uh, I'm at the end, I did both part one and two, so I'm two thirds of the way done. I have um, about 15 chapters left to write. Okay. And I usually write two chapters in a day, so. Gotcha. Great. So you mean you could be you could be done with this book by the end of the year? I definitely could. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll probably beat me. I'll, I think I'll finish my dissertation probably. The goal is to finish it in February. Um, so you'll beat me by a couple months, but. But you'll have a finished product when you're. I mean, it'll be a draft that you still have to edit and stuff, but it'll be mostly well thought out. For me, a lot of what I'm writing is like stream of consciousness. Okay. Very, very rough draft. So it might require a lot of heavy editing afterward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. A lot of filling in, a lot of developing characters more, seeing where the holes are, but at least I've got the thoughts of the plot gotcha. written out. Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, yeah, it'll take you a little bit longer, but you'll have a closer to the end finished product That's in February. True. Yeah. Actually, so my, uh, if I graduate on schedule, I hope to graduate a little early, but if I graduated on schedule... And I will be done pretty much a year from right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have graduated this past weekend. Awesome. Um, if, it were, if it were my graduation year, but it'll be next year. So. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's is. so exciting, Dan. Um, well, so getting back onto the topic of discernment. <laughs> yes. Um, this is something, I don't know if this was a very big topic like 30 years ago. 
um, if it was something, but it seems like in the life of the church, there's been a lot more emphasis on discernment for everybody and not just discerning a vocation to mm-hmm. uh, priest and religious life, but everybody discerns or everybody should discern so that uh, you know that you're choosing what it is the Lord is calling you to and not necessarily mm-hmm. like you have to first go on this mythical quest to find out if you're called to be a priest. And if you're not, <laughs> then you just kind of fall back into the ranks as a, like an unknown member of the laity and, yeah. and live out your life that way. Yeah. Um, which I think is, it's great that there's the greater understanding that um, every single person is like their, their life, their vocation is a unique plan that God has given them. Uh, and that's something worthy of discerning properly. Yes. Um, yes. I remember your parents coming in to a night on discernment um, that we did at CCM at UCF and we asked for a married couple that we knew were happily married and a good example of marriage. And so your parents came in, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Boyd. And um, I remember your dad saying, I, I think I asked, because I think I was leading the night and I think I asked your dad, so how did you discern marriage? And he was like, well, I didn't <laughs> because yeah. that just wasn't something that was in the mindset. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And so he said, my mindset was, this is what I'm called to do. And this is what I'm doing, you know, like, and that that was his, his form of discernment, right. if you will. Yeah. And it was just, uh, that's one way of, of, of doing it. You can say, yeah, um, yeah. But now I mean, and sometimes it, it paralyzes people. In fact, that's actually why we wanted to do a show on it because this, I think you and I both saw so many of our friends and probably experienced a good degree of this ourselves, the paralysis of discernment mm-hmm. of kind of sitting on a fence and, and trembling like, well, what do I do? Like, do I, do I go left? Do I go right? What if I'm wrong either yeah. way? Um, and now in hindsight, looking back we can say like, it doesn't matter. You're going to like, just go one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, Stuff's going to work out. Yeah. But it's a little more terrifying when you're... In the midst of it. Yeah. And you... Um, your ability to, to understand... Of course, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold for me now. So it's easy to look back and say as a 20-year-old, like, oh, I should have just done this. That'd be easy. Like, yeah, of course I can say that now as someone who's almost 32. But um, it's different when you're in the midst of it. Yeah. Um, and how beautiful is it that now we have this fuller understanding so that now we really can evaluate what what is it that God's calling me to yeah and entering into that in fullness right of knowing that it is the plan God has set out and everyone's welcome into that discussion not just um okay do you want to be a priest monk or none otherwise you know go get married and and yeah make sure you tithe Um, (laughs) (laughs) so we have a little bit of a discernment tool yes and so this is what was really helpful for me in the midst of discernment and it was a a way to help me to determine um what my um my experience my outlook my disposition was in coming into discernment and and so spoiler alert this tool comes from jesus oh i was gonna say the bible (laughs) but from jesus yes (laughs) so um i've got three biblical stories okay um, and we're going to talk about each of them and how each person discerns differently in each of those stories. So the first one is a rich young man. And so we know the story of a rich young man in Mark 10. Um, it's 
probably verses 17 to 31. That's what I found. Um, so the rich young man comes up to Jesus um, and asks, what must I do to in- inher- inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, obey the commandments. And he says, okay, well, I've done that. <laughs> uh, check one. Yeah. <laughs> Step one, done. So what else? And Jesus says, Um, give everything you have away and come follow me. And the rich man turns away sad. Yeah. Um, And so the rich young man didn't believe that God could call him to something greater. Right? Yeah, no, he was, he had, I would say he had a good life and he was comfortable with it. And it was almost as if he he didn't imagine that what God had planned for him would be better than what he had made for himself. Mm. Um, and the, the, the tre- all the treasures he had stored up, that was, in his mind, the pinnacle of human happiness. Mm-hmm. And so there was nothing. It was almost like he was looking for, he wanted a rubric. He was like, okay, what boxes do I check to make sure I get in? Because I'm having a good time, yeah. and now I can start thinking about you know, getting into heaven. What do I do? Um, so he had he had a small horizon, I would say. Like his yeah, um, his understanding of what a relationship with God would look like was very uh, was very little uh, and constricted. Uh, and like you said, he didn't believe that God would call him to something greater than that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think he knew he didn't believe that. Um, I, I just think he thought like, I can't give up my things. Uh, he was he chose comfort mm-hmm. over. The invitation of the Lord. Uh, yeah. You know what would be? I just thought it's what would be really fascinating. Okay. What if he changed his mind, but we never knew that? So like he he actually he's in heaven. That would be. And awesome. he lived. I mean, he could be. Jesus, that could be anybody in scripture yeah. that we whether we know about it or not, or it could just be some like unknown Christian who really like walked away sad and then examined their heart and came back and said, no, Lord, I am going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope that's the case. I'd well, love that, to meet that, that guy. Like, yeah, that really spurs me on because that sounds almost like very similar to my conversion story of saying no to God and then desiring now to say yes to him and everything. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's the story of conversion. That would be awesome if that's what he did. In fact, Jesus has a, a little story or parable or vignette um, there were two brothers, and a father said to them, their father said to them, come and work in the field with me. And one of them says, yes, I'll go, and then never shows up. And the That's other right. say, says no, and then ends up going anyway. Um, and I'm... I always want to be the second of those two brothers. <laughs> if I, I know there's, that's not the only two options. Like yeah, I can yeah, say yeah. yes and show up, mm-hmm. um, but there's plenty of times I said no. So as long as I show up, you know, halfway through the day, Jesus <laughs> also really told us matters. we'll get a full day's wage for <laughs> that last hour of work. Um, okay, so then the second, the second biblical story I have is yeah. Naaman the leper, um, and so he he contracts leprosy. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but he ends up with leprosy and he goes to Elisha the prophet to be healed. This is in the Old Testament. Yeah. It's in Second Kings 5. Um, and Elisha says, go bathe in the water, the river, whatever it is. Um, I think it's something important and I don't remember it. Um, but go bathe in the water seven times. And Naaman basically says, what? Like, 
my spring back home is way cleaner than yours. <laughs> yeah. Why? I mean, I could have bathed there if that was going to do it, you know? Um, and he goes away. He leaves. And it takes, like, someone chasing him down and convincing him, like, why won't you just give this a shot? Yeah. Why won't you just try it? You came all this way. Oh, man, I feel like that happens to everybody in their discernment process. <laughs> like, give it a shot. What do you got to lose, man? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But he didn't believe that God was asking him to do something so simple. Right. As if that, like, that following God has to be complex or has to be this big, like a, a great, complicated, difficult task. Like, yeah. Um, go steal fire from the gods and come back and give it to humanity. And then you, um, and then you can enter seminary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, I don't, maybe part of this is the way we, we love good stories and yeah. we love overcoming obstacles. And thankfully doing the right thing does not always include some, some giant obstacle. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think this is a subtle form of pride. Yeah. Uh, that the primordial sin um, of almost thinking that, for you know, for me, for for Dan, this one like I've got to do something great, or I need I'm gonna be, uh, I have to undertake some great task in order to, uh, to arrive where God wants me to be, mm -hmm. rather than, uh, than just very humbly doing what He asks me to do, um, and it's almost like the, a New Testament. Uh, compare or similar passage here would be the miraculous catch that Peter and the apostles made when they yeah. were there on the boat. Um, and Jesus, as someone who's fished before, is really, it <laughs> seems like the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, like, I can only imagine, like, Peter's boat could not have been that wide. So Peter's fishing all night and says, uh, like, hasn't caught anything. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, uh, hey, why don't you try putting your net on the other side of the boat? And I'm imagining G Peter's boat is like 10 feet wide. Mm -hmm. So Jesus literally tells him to move his, his net like 10 feet. Yeah. You're telling me there's no fish right there. Yeah. And then 10 feet away, there's 156 large fish of every variety. <laughs> and they're there. And it's like, the yeah, the Lord asks simple things of us. Thank, the, thank goodness he has simple things. Yeah. Then, um, I mean, you can... Uh, so to kind of tie both of them together, um, and so whether you're discerning your vocation or whether you're discerning, you know, very like a, a career change or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything, um, to me, I, I immediately see the use of these. I didn't actually, so Kimmy, Kimmy just shared these with me earlier. I didn't think of using these passages as a discernment tool and kind of a reflection on my own disposition until now. But I mean, just to ask yourself, the simple question, do I believe that the Lord would call me to, to greatness for the sake of his kingdom? Mm. And am I shunning this thing because it's not the way I would do it or because it doesn't seem, yeah, uh, you know, shiny enough for mm -hmm. me or big enough or good enough or whatever, complex enough? Um, and those are the things to... Um to lean into, you know, and to like sit there with the Lord yeah. and talk to him about in prayer, because those are the things that we want to uproot and clear those dispositions, yeah. right? Because we want to be in a spirit, um, like our third scripture passage, Our Lady's Fiat, 
Here we go. Yeah. Being totally open to whatever God is doing. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Maybe done unto me according to your word. Um, she recognized who she was, the reality, and um, was open to however God was going to use her with what he was doing. Right. Um, and so that method of responding to a calling of the Lord is so full and pure that that's, that's the disposition we want to be at when we're truly discerning something. And so looking at the other two is a way for us to um, weed out those areas of our hearts that are thinking less of ourselves or more of ourselves right. than we ought. Yeah. And it's almost, um, it's like we're not giving God full control of the, the steering wheel, so to speak, because we, we've got a preconceived notion like, no, Lord, it won't be like this because that's not what I think it would be like. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, this is this is too simple. I need some, like, you got to give me a much bigger sign, God. Like, it can't simply <laughs> be that I want to be a priest or that I want to, yeah. to have a religious vocation. Uh, it's, you know, I've, I've got to get, like, a rose has to fall out of an oak tree on the Feast of St. Therese, <laughs> followed by, you know, like a bunny rabbit hopping up to me wearing a Franciscan habit saying, do this. Um, like we... It doesn't. It doesn't always have to seem like it came out of a uh, a Disney fairy tale story. Yeah. Um, it can just be something simple. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, even thinking like, if we look at Mary's life, we can see this openness in the disposition. Um. When so before her fiat in Luke chapter one, the the angel of the Lord says to her, "You will conceive a bared son," and she responds, "How will this be?" Or how shall this be? Because I know not man. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I heard someone explain that passage before. Is Mary? She's not. It's not like she's questioning, saying like, like, oh no, this isn't possible. But rather, it's almost like she's asking, "Can you tell me the manner in which this will come about?" I believe, but because I've, because I'm a virgin, because I do not plan to uh, to ever get married and mm-hmm. have any kind of relations. How is this going to happen? And so there's even that great faith of, yes, I'm a virgin. I'm going to remain a virgin, but I trust. So let it be done unto me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I don't, I, I would have a very hard time thinking that way. You know, I yeah. think like, Lord, you know, you like, I'm not planning on having kids if I were in Mary's position. So this isn't going to work. Like you'll have to find another dude or you'll have to find another lady or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. It's like she's bringing... She's not forgetting the reality of her situation. Yeah. Um, in the midst of this great calling, and she's bringing that to the Lord as well. Right. And then, in in spite of that, despite that reality that seems like an obstacle to what God is telling her, she's saying, "Okay, I, I trust you. Yeah. Let so, it be done." So that almost that uh, rather than allowing that to be an obstacle for her. Um, she just turned that into an opportunity to trust the Lord. And I think that kind of the next thing in discernment is um, moving forward and making a decision mm-hmm. when sometimes you might want to analyze forever. Yeah. Right? Paralysis <laughs> by analysis. Um, paralysis by analysis. Um, so guilty. I think one of the, for me, definitely one of the, the biggest things that held me back and what yeah. I would imagine holds a lot of people back is the fear of the consequences of doing what we think the Lord is asking us to do. Mm-hmm. 
so like the the rich young man um he had many possessions and he was afraid of losing them he was afraid of losing that comfort mm-hmm. um, and jesus jesus answers this he answers this this concern when he tells us uh, there's no one who's left mother or father or, or husband or wife or children for my sake. Probably not children. I don't know if he said that. I think I just added that. Um, no, but I think he does. Really? Okay. I think well, he adult does. children. <laughs> so, for any of you who are having a bad day. Um, who... For any of you who are having a bad day. <laughs> so um, there's no one who's left these people who won't receive a hundredfold. Um, as if to say, like, trust, do not worry. Mm-hmm. Like, you will be fulfilled the desires of your heart will be fulfilled so you know i don't i don't think there are any very many people who don't desire a great marriage and and to raise children um and to lead them to the lord mm-hmm. uh, but there are there are definitely people who are asked to give that gift of love and and fatherhood motherhood to the lord in a different way mm-hmm. um i mean both of us have been asked to do that in a different way because neither of us have biological children mm-hmm. um and we're just i would say someone corrected me recently they uh i didn't give that gift up i gave it to the lord and mm-hmm. then i gave the gift of my my fatherhood to the lord to be used however he desires yeah. and right now that's working in a school in a way that i would not be free to if i had children Hmm. Um, that's awesome and well and the the thing is this is such an easy trap to fall into is thinking well i have these desires um and they there's our desires are such a deep part of our hearts um and there's this fear that they won't be fulfilled yeah um something that was really beautiful for me um, and discerning and, and growing in my relationship with God was voicing those desires to God and asking him how he would fulfill it if he was really calling me to um, the religious life or to marriage or, you know, w- w- in whatever capacity he was calling me to, how are you going to fulfill this? So one of the things, this is just a simple, silly story. One of the things was that I always wanted to have a library Okay. <laughs> and so I'm thinking in my head, like, nuns are poor. They can't own anything. I'm never going to be able to have a library because if you're, if you, God, if you're calling me to religious life, that's just uh, poverty, you know? All the books that I've been building up and uh, that I own, you, clearly you see how many books I own. Yeah. I just finally unpacked my books in my condo. It's awesome. It's glorious. But I would have to give all that up. And that was like a true stumbling block yeah. in my mind of the discernment. And then I ended up at this convent where they have a library where all the sisters, when they come in, bring their books for the community. Wow. Um, and so it was just like a, a moment where God was like, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, going to be a way for me to fulfill all of your desires, yeah. regardless how big or how small they are. Um, and so it wasn't... If, at that moment, wasn't uh, you are called to religious life, but it was a trust me, right. I've got this. Yeah, you know that's that's good. Um, and it, sometimes the uh, the fear might lead us to think, um, like I I can't do this. Like I'm not I'm not able. You know I can't I'm not able to be a good father. I'm not able to be a good mother. Mm-hmm. Or it's gonna be really hard to love my spouse in that way. Um, and 
I don't remember where where I heard it, but somewhere along the line, someone reminded me, like, you're not called to do that right now. Mm. Or you're, like, you're not going to be, you don't have to be able to do this right away. I mean, there's, with married couples, there's an engagement period. And, like, at 22 years old, yeah, you might not know how to raise a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. But 17 years later, you probably <laughs> will. Like, you'll, you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and if you you think you're called to be a priest or uh, or a religious brother or sister, like there's a formation period on purpose so that the Lord can train you and give you the the grace and the the gifts that you need to be Christ to all people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we forget that He wants to do that for us and will do that for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think what what also holds us back is not being grounded in that reality. Right. We, it's got to look like a fairy tale. It's got to look perfect. And sometimes if it doesn't, and because I really think we're conditioned by, you know, what, like they're fun and they're, they're good for little kids, but yeah, movie, like movies and books and whatnot change the way we view reality. And they definitely shape our expectations of what yes. relationships are like uh, for better and for worse. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it can be good, so I don't want to throw everything out. Um, but we, I mean, I feel like people really get stuck on like what if there's someone else for me or is this the right person mm-hmm. and the I guess my answer to that would be like yes you can like you are capable of loving lots of people really really deeply and giving your whole life to them so the, I mean it's simply a question of do you want to love this person in that way mm-hmm. like are you willing to make sacrifices for this person and if the answer is yes that's how you know yeah this is what God's calling you to Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, again, it's not like a, a Prince Charming kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's a lot easier to say that after, for me, eight years of marriage. Um, than, it, you know, when I was discerning and trying to determine if I should propose to my wife and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the, the final point, and I think that perhaps the biggest one in terms of what uh, hinders people in discernment is feeling as though we're not worthy of what yeah. God has called us to. Um, and there's a, there's kind of a lot of like bad advice on this one yeah. uh, that can sometimes sound a little hurtful. Uh-huh. Uh, and the one I hear the most is actually like, no one's worthy. It's like, oh, gee, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what am I going to do instead? I guess just be unemployed and uh, not seek anything because I'm not worthy of anything. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's so much truth to not being worthy, but that's not really, that's not the good answer no, to am not. I worthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's it, why it's difficult because there's truth to it. And then at the same time, it's not the right answer to right. that question. Yeah. And I think the, um, there's, there's a sense in which we're not worthy. Like, am I worthy of raising God's children as my own if he calls me to parenthood? No, <laughs> I'm not. Like, but, uh, does he invite me to that anyway? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and there's the the statement that I think just about everybody hates when they hear it. Uh, God doesn't call a qualified; he qualifies the called. <laughs> I cringe every yeah. time I hear it. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, you, like this is not the, being worthy of a vocation or being worthy of a certain thing in life. That to me, that's not the big one. Like it's almost like we forget we weren't worthy of salvation to begin with. Mm. Like, why is it that we're okay with that? We're okay being like, well, God, you can save me, but 
you can't call me to be a priest. You can't yeah. call me, or you can't call me to give my life to you because I'm not worthy of that. Like we weren't worthy of the big thing. Like, <laughs> of course we're not. Yeah. Like, so let's not pretend that the little thing is what we're going to get hung up on. Like if we yeah. can accept the big thing, we can accept the little thing. Um, and it's it's Christ who makes us worthy. We're worthy because, I mean, one, He's made us worthy. But I would also say. With anything in life, I mean, because there's first the vocation to holiness, and then the the other vocations. It's not a question of worthiness. He invites us because he loves us, mm-hmm. and they're like love doesn't think about worth and value and and merit and obligation. Mm-hmm. It's simply like, like we, he doesn't. For instance, he didn't call me to to be a campus minister because he needs me to. Yeah. He called me because oh, he that's wants a big me to. Lie. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a big lie. Like, okay, so that's like the huge lie of, well, God needs this. Like, God needs this of me. Yeah. Um, and that that's the right answer to, am I worthy? Well, yeah. God needs it of yeah. me. No, he doesn't need you at all. He's God. Yeah, he can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he can do whatever he wants to make it happen. Yeah. But the fact is he desires you to be the one yeah. to do it. And nobody but you can be you correct so that's you know whether that's whatever vocation that is that's his gift to you so marriage is the lord's gift to me um he didn't need me to to get my wife to heaven mm-hmm. he could have done that he did that on his own um but he invited me to it because he knew it would it would fulfill both of us and give us great joy and happiness and and holiness mm-hmm. um, and i think that's the that's the proper response to feeling unworthy is this is a gift from the king mm-hmm. like don't you dare refuse it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah, so that's the, the show. Um, hope you all have a great week, and we'll be back with you again in a week. So God bless. We'll talk to you later. Until next time, God bless. Peace. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.